It is time for Around the 412 with Smitty and Tyler. Welcome back to another episode of Around the 412. I am Tyler. With me, as always, is my co-host, Smitty. Be sure to follow us on all of our social medias at Around the 412. While you're there, go check out our pinned post on X and our description of every show. We have links in there. The top link is going to be year six of Rock Around the 412. Crazy that we're only six days, actually, no, five days away as of this coming out. Six days as a recording, um, a way for donations to, to continue to roll in for year six we're closing in on six thousand dollars this year which is absolutely nuts i mean then the numbers of of people that donate and and the numbers that people are willing to donate it, it amazes us every single year so we want to thank everybody that's donated so far but over these last next five days that until december 11th which is the hard cutoff we're still going to ask people to share the message and share the gofundme donate if you can and and just spread it as much as you can over this this next week um, because we want to continue to push that as much as we can. But if you want to go check that out, like I said, it's the pin post on X. It's also in the description of every show, whether you're on a listening platform like Spotify or Apple Music or you are on YouTube, it's in the description of those shows. So go check that out. And we also have a Facebook and Etsy link for our lo- small local business. It is our friend Haley Wagger's business, Everything Custom Designs. It's Christmas time. And, you know, if you follow her Facebook on or, or her Etsy, I don't know how Etsy works. But if you follow her Facebook, it's at, at least uh, she's got some lo- a lot of Christmas clothing going on. So you, if you want to get a gift or you, you need some holiday cheer and you need some holiday day swag, go hit her up. She can also hook you up with a customized stocking that has your names on it or your children's names on it. And she could also get you a, a kind of like a Santa sack that you can either display the gifts in or, or whatever you want to do with it. Um, you can do whatever you want with it, but you can get it from her. Um, and if you don't want Christmas stuff, you can also get like gifts for whether you want around the forward to merch, Pittsburgh merch, any other type of merch. Just go ahead and hit her up. She'll hook you up with it. Um, but like I said, Facebook Etsy link along with the Rock and Around the Forward Two link, all in the description of every single show. And it has been for months, and this is the last week that we'll be talking about Rock and Around the Four One Two on here. Um, so yeah, get involved in some way. If you can donate, great. If you can't, at least share it. You never know whose eyes and ears you're going to put on the mission and be able to to donate. So. Uh, thanks in advance to everybody that hasn't donated yet and is going to. And, of course, a huge thank you to everybody that already has. Um, as I mentioned on the Steeler show, if you are somebody that watches both, there is one last family that we kind of have, like, waiting on standby to see how much we're going to be able to help out. So any further donations probably going to go to them. So if you can donate, be greatly appreciated. Somebody that I went to school with graduated the year before me, uh, married into a family with a few kids already. And then they've had a couple. So they have five children. And it's somebody that is, again, I know, you know, you guys might think that I'm old, 28. I I feel old, too. Think about this, a 29-year-old already with five kids. Uh, Tough position to be in and, you know, figuring out how to, to make sure that those kids get the Christmas that they deserve. So donate if you can. Please share the mission. Um, But, yeah, 26 kids from the Salvation Army and then five additional kids so far, hopefully another five to add to that quick math uh what is that 26 plus 5 is 31 and then 36 hopefully so we've helped out 31 Man. kids we'd like to be able to help out 36 hey listen i want we, to we got, the, we got the flash over here 
Talk about yeah. quick math. <laughs> Holy cow. Well, what's, what's weird is I'm normally really good with doing that, but you know, I don't know if it's looking directly into a camera and trying My to. My man says he's really good at doing that, but ask me what's 26 plus five. Well, no, because I was also trying to do the five on top of it, so I could have just said 10. Oh, so 26 plus 10. Yeah. <laughs> and that would have been a lot I, easier. Somehow that made it worse. It did. It did make it worse. As in my head, as I was saying, I was like, wait, that's going to make it worse because it's 36. Um, let's move on and talk about something even somehow worse than that math, which is the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, their power play specifically much worse than that. But we can talk about the stretch of hockey that they've had recently. Let's start out on a good note. Um, I was calling this the Tristan Jari game, this game against Tampa Bay, which was the first game that happened as of our, after our last recording. And, you know, they get too early Tampa Bay does. And, uh, you know, Jari was still good, even despite Tampa Bay scoring those first two in this game, but man, he just turned on another level, kept the penguins in this game, allowed them to find their footing. They turned it up a bit and then Tampa Bay pulls their goalie. Jari sees the opportunity in front of him to Man. take that shot and right down the pipe. It was like Chris Boswell perfectly splitting the uprights. Tristan Jari right down the center of that net. Beautiful to see. As beautiful as an empty net goal as you could have, like a one hopper directly in the middle of the net. And uh, we know Tristan's been waiting for that one. Like he's he's been chomping at the bit to get that one. And it was awesome to see. He was he's been lights out in net, but to add that to it. Um, really good start to the season for him. Really good start to the season, and specifically in this game, he made 39 saves off of 41 shots. The yeah. the team was was uh, allowing a lot First, of shots second, in front and of him, and, and he he was stepping up to the task in that game. He he was incredible. I, I and like you just said, I think he's had a really great season so far underrated i feel like to a lot of penguins fans i don't feel like they'll probably give him enough credit that he deserves um especially in this this recent stretch of games that we've had yeah i think he's been really good even though the, the penguins have been losing some games but in that tampa bay game specifically to have the saves and in, in thir- saving 39 of 41 and then to top it all off with a goalie goal the first goalie goal in Pittsburgh Penguins franchise history, which honestly I did not know that. I I, yeah, I thought Barrasso had one for some reason. I, yeah, I I knew Flurry didn't because he had tried and tried for years, <laughs> but I I thought I didn't know that he was going to be the first one, and it turns out that he is. I think that was amazing and an, and an awesome like just it just a crescendo into that moment for the entire game, and you, you could just see the excitement of not only just like the fans but also. Even like the people on the bench, not even the guys that were on the ice with Jari. Like it is a goalie goal, so you know how special that that is. That moment is, and that, like you said, like that, and just encapsulated that whole night for Tristan Jari. It was an incredible night in goal, but also to be able to score a goal and get on that goal sheet. And selfishly, in my head, I thought, "Wow, now I have a signed puck of the only player in franchise history to score a goalie goal." <laughs> but yeah. yeah, it was awesome. Um. Goal save above expected this season. Tristan Jari, 11.8. Alex Nadeltovich, 4.9. Magnus Helberg, 1.6. They've all been above uh, zero. They're not negative, which is good compared to last year, right? Tristan Jari, top four in the entire league in goal save above expected. As a team, they're top seven. The problem has not been a net this year, like we thought maybe it would be. Um, And the problem also hasn't been the top line. The second line has gone cold, but they, you know, 
Gino, Riley Smith. At one point, um, they were part of this too, obviously, with that top line. But right now, it's basically a one-line team with what they have in net and not getting much else. Um, and what's crazy is they could still be winning games this way if they had a lead average power play. And how many times are we going to have this discussion? I mean, it's kind of like talking about the Steelers offense, right? Because you're going to have <laughs> the same questions game in and game out. Yeah, You're going to have the same questions asked to the, the coaches game in and game out. You're going to have the same, just the same conversations on social media with your friends, whatever it might be game in and game out because it doesn't, it's not producing for one and two, it doesn't even look like they're trying anything different other than other personnel being out on the ice. It looks the exact same despite who was out there. And that to me is just not either. I, I don't know what, it, if it's incompetence or what it is, they are just running into a wall, basically head first over and over again, because they're not accomplishing anything. And if they don't win that opening zone draw, they're probably not even entering the offensive zone because their zone entries are so bad. There are so many problems with the power play. They're horrible. Yeah. They're they're only they have resulted to having to dump and chase the puck. And if they don't win the chase, then they have to basically get shot out of the zone and do it all over again. They do not know how to enter the zone on the power play, and that is the one of the Achilles heels. I won't even say it is the Achilles heel. It's one of the Achilles heels to the power play. There's several, but not yeah. even being able to get into the zone is the biggest problem of actually starting your power play. Because like you said, if they don't win that opening faceoff, you don't know that they're necessarily going to get another offensive chance on the power play, which is crazy to even say. They were 0 for 20 when we talked a week ago. Now they are 0 for their last 29. Over the, la the last three-game stretch, they were 0 for 1 against Tampa Bay. And then they combined over the two games 0 for 8 against Philadelphia. 0 for 5 on the Saturday game and 0 for 3 on Monday. I mean, how, how do you just keep doing the same thing? That, that's my question. How do you just keep... Again, I understand that they've maybe reshuffled the deck here. Reshuffled some furniture on the deck of the Titanic is probably a better way to put it because you know, it's a sinking ship right now, that power play. I understand you know they throw Chris Letang out on there. So they got two defensemen now, maybe switching positions a little bit. But at its core, the power play is still trying to do the same thing. And it, it's nobody wants to take initiative it doesn't look like on that power play nobody wants to be the trigger man of the power play they don't look dangerous they're just passing the puck around on the perimeter even when they do have zone time there's nothing threatening about anything that they're doing the the defense is just packing it in in front of them and they're throwing the puck around on the perimeter or trying some cross ice pass that has zero percent chance of getting to the recipient I mean, it's just, it's a broken power play right now. And I don't think that there's just like one thing that can be said or done to fix it. But again, it goes back to last week. I know the answer isn't doing the same thing over and over again, like they have. So I don't know what needs to be done, but I know what doesn't need to be done. And that's nothing. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I don't know what else to say about it, but they've scored five goals this year, five V four. They've given up three goals, five V four. Meaning with, with five on four advantage, not shorthanded five v four. They've scored five goals with a five on four advantage. They've given up three goals with a five on four advantage. It's it's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. And I, I said this last week, and I continue to say it now. I much prefer watching the team play five on five as opposed to whenever they're on a power play. 
whenever the power they're on the power play, I might as well go to the kitchen and grab something to eat because absolutely <laughs> That's nothing the bathroom is going break. to go in their favor. That is the bathroom break. Forget the commercial. I, I want to watch the commercial. <laughs> I, I don't want to watch the Penguins power play. It's it's ridiculously in grossly bad. It is awful. Oh, for the last 29. You're gonna be you're about to be over 30. And guess what? You get to play Tampa Bay again. Except this this, this one's in Tampa Bay. Yeah, you're about Florida. to be down in Florida. You're gonna be over 30. I am confident in saying that. You're not gonna score your next power play. <laughs> so I just want to know what's the limit. How how far yeah. can this go? Can they reach right. fifty? Can they reach over fifty? And honestly, if if we're over like forty two in like a couple weeks or in a week or so, I I want fifty. Like now now I'm rooting against <laughs> our power play because I want to see how bad they can actually. What's be. the what, do we know what the longest stretch is I'll, without I'll, a power play or the, the most? Okay, so look at this though. The Penguins are eleven ten and three on the season. Sixth place in the Metro, seventh if you look at the points percentage. But I feel like there's a minimum of four games here that have been decided entirely by their power play. Like that is the difference right now between them being on the outside or the inside of the play of the playoffs. And I know that, you know, like, should we be talking about the playoffs this early in the season, like just past the quarter mark of it? I, I don't know. But like these are in division games that we're talking about too, you know, back-to-back games against Philly here that we lost both uh, in overtime, in my opinion, lucky to get a point in both of these with the way that they played. So I don't know. I'm at, I'm at the point now with this team where if you're not getting anything besides your top line and goaltending, your power play looks the way that it has this second line's obviously got to figure something out. Maybe, you know, I know he wasn't scoring, but I still think, you know, Ricard Raquel is going to be a welcome addition back to the lineup. Uh, when he does come back, I, I don't know. I don't know what, again, I don't have the answers to these things, but it's clearly not working right now and continuing to do the same thing over and over again. I don't think it's magically going to fix what their issues are. And I, I still want to know, we kind of touched on it last week. Like who is the person making the decisions? For oh the yeah. Conflict? We don't actually know if it's is Todd it, Reardon. Is it Todd Reardon yeah. or is it Mike Sullivan? I, I want to know the answer to that question. And also the answer to the previous question, what is the record? 51 power play Ooh. attempts without... For anybody? Uh, or for anybody. Okay. No, that is, that is anybody. That is the Toronto Maple Leafs. Are the Penguins at their record right now? Is this the longest know. they've gone without? I don't know. I'm curious about that. Because, I mean, if you look at... Obviously, there were some really down years for the Penguins, but I wouldn't think there's any stretch within the last you know, decade-ish that they've had a worse stretch of the power play. It's I'm probably trying to, to find. I mean, that's not as easy yeah. to find as like league-wide thing. So it's more specific. So I'm not entirely mm-hmm. sure. Um, right. But you is know what, something... what? What's sad is somehow, no matter how bad their power play is, they are worse on the penalty kill or not the penalty kill, the shootout. They are worse oh, in the my. shootout than they are on the power play yeah and man haven't been very good in the overtime periods either i mean i know that you know they got that first one to a shootout because of the goaltending but that probably should have been ended by philly in overtime and then you know yesterday's was ended in overtime with a two-on-one by the way have we seen a worse Sidney crosby shift in our lives than him in overtime than the the overtime one my goodness i mean 
obviously he's a guy that deserves the longest leash out of anybody, not only because of what he's done, but what he's still continuing to do this season. Where would they be without him? But man, was that a very, very bad shift in overtime from him? Yeah. And and I, I saw a lot of people coming at Danny uh, for pointing it out on Twitter. Uh, but <laughs> even he's he's not exempt from blame just because he's the best player. Yeah. And and, and um, he's not exempt from criticism. Okay, so if if we're winning a game 3-3 three, three, and Crosby decides, eh, screw it, I, I want to get off the ice and just fires one into his own net to end the game, that's fine because of what he's done this year. Like, what, what are we doing? Because that's basically what he did last night. I mean, that turnover very easily could have been a goal. And then on the ensue, like a face-off later in overtime, they have a two-on-one right off the draw just because of a lackadaisical play. Yeah, I mean, he was not good in overtime, very clearly. Um, point blank, I don't think he's above that criticism. But obviously, overall, him and Jake have been great. Russ, too, uh, he's missed some time, and they didn't really miss a beat necessarily uh, without him, but they've continued it rolling with him back in the lineup. Has there been something specifically that you've seen, though, all of a sudden, like I mentioned, with the second line going dry, whether it's you know with Gino, with Riley Smith, with whoever they're playing with, uh, in the absence of Ricard Raquel, whether that's been you know Drew O'Connor right now, or we saw like a game of Nylander when O'Connor had to jump up to the top line when they didn't have Ross as well. Um, what is it right now that those guys just all of a sudden aren't clicking the way that they were early in the season? You know, Riley Smith and Gino specifically, those two. Honestly, I'm not entirely sure. I because I feel like n- neither of them are like super hard like four checkers, so it's not like like that has changed. as far as like i feel like if i was examining something like crosby's line like i look at his wingers and how hard they're forechecking that's something that is clear cut that you know crosby likes and that's something that you could look at with malkin's line i i'm not entirely sure what the drought is i mean maybe it is just simply a a line going cold for a a moment and even despite the, the the lack of scoring maybe ricard raquel had more to do with their they're scoring than than we actually thought. Yeah, like the play driving aspect of things. Because he wasn't actually yeah. ending up on the score sheet. Maybe it was actually serving some offensive upside, just be having him out there and driving offense, not necessarily getting on the box score. So that that also could be a factor into it as well, just not having that top line winger too. Could be. Yeah, I don't know. It just seems like every time he touches the puck right now, Riley Smith, it's just jumping off his stick. Like I don't know if it's just bad luck or what is going on. But he has not been very good as of late. Uh, Gino's been left off the score sheet, probably largely in part due to that, and also, you know, not having Ricard Raquel. Nothing against like Drew O'Connor. I know he's, you know, potted a couple goals this year and everything like that too. But you know, I, I I like him more in a third or fourth line role than obviously playing up in the top six. The guy that I have not enjoyed watching at all this season uh, is Ryan Graves, and. You know, the guy that brought brought us into the show here, Josh Getzoff, uh, very vocal about wanting Ryan Graves on this hockey team. So first and foremost, uh, Josh, what the hell uh, is going on with Ryan Graves? Because this is your boy. What are we doing? But are you in panic mode with this yet? Because obviously a pretty long commitment made here to Ryan Graves by the Penguins. And I think when you take into consideration the contract he was given, this looks like the worst deal of Kyle Dubas' offseason to me. Yeah, I... I don't know if I'm necessarily in panic mode yet, um, but I will say like it is concerning to me how poor he has looked. Like it's definitely noticeable. I don't necessarily think I'm hitting panic mode. And I was gonna say 
when I, whenever you're talking about that, because I knew the question was going to be asked, I was going to relate it to something, but it's a little different because we traded for this guy, not signed him in free agency. But, but like, whenever I think of like panic mode, I think of, well, what if like the Penguins hit panic mode the first year of James Neal? And then they didn't get the mm. James Neal after the fact. I'm not saying that, that that's going to happen. Like, Ryan Graves is going to have that type of turnaround, but sure. it is a brand new team. What about I like understand uh, it's a small like as far as like we're thirty or we're, we're like thirty games in or not even thirty games in, mm-hmm. um we're like yeah, twenty games in, so it's like a small ish sample size, but I, I'm still going to give them the benefit of the doubt for at least for the little bit for the next little bit at least for like half a season to to really adjust to not just a new team but a new pairing, um playing with Chris Letang like I. I, I would like to give him the benefit of the doubt just because I look at a guy like imagine if if people wrote off James Neal after that first year with the Penguins when we traded for him, then we, we wouldn't get the following year either. So, yeah, and that's fair. Honestly, from a defensive perspective, when you mentioned the James Neal thing, I kind of thought of Paul Martin, you know, who came in here and the fans weren't a big fan of yeah. but he carved out a very steady career for himself in Pittsburgh as well. Um, I don't yeah, I, I don't know. Obviously, the early returns have not been good. Um, I just, I fear that we're looking at a player that's playing in the top four that should probably be a third pairing defenseman. And with a commitment that they gave to him, it goes back to, again, you know, how much when you, you invest that term and that amount of capital into somebody, how long is the leash going to be? You feel like it's going to be longer, but at the same time, we've seen Sullivan mix it up. Like we've seen Latang playing a lot with John Ludwig. We've seen like Ryan Shea and Ryan Graves, which that can't happen by the way. Like even if you want to play Latang and, and Ludwig together, you got to find a better partner for Graves then than Ryan Shea, if that's going to be what you want to do, um, which I don't know what that is. You know, if it's Rui when he comes back or if it's POJ, I'm not sure. Um, but anyway, we've seen Sullivan be willing to, you know, kind of mix and match with those pairings that aren't Patterson and Carlson. That one clearly he doesn't want to touch. Um, so I don't know. I don't know where I'm at with Ryan Graves. Obviously, he's been disappointing to me. It scares me more than anything else. Again, going back to there's plenty of guys that have underperformed on this team, but they don't have that like six year commitment that Ryan Graves yeah, that's does. True. So that's, that, true. that's really what's playing into it for me is thinking like, OK, it's this bad right now. If this was a guy on, you know, a couple year deal or something like that, then sure. Like, I, I think it's 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 swallow like you can swallow that pill and say maybe he bounces back but because he's got a six-year commitment to him right now it's just really hard to digest what we're watching yeah no that's a fair point um the contract does make it tough to swallow and makes it i feel like you makes people more critical too uh, because you have that contract like people are going to be critical of you and i'm not saying that they shouldn't be i'm just saying like you are going to more more so like eye in on guys like that that was supposed to be you know we were looking at it like as great as he was during his time here, I think everybody was looking at it like, okay, here's your Brian Dumoulin upgrade. And he hasn't been that. So when you give a guy a six-year commitment to be the replacement for a guy that, despite obviously not having that same, playing at that same level, was very good for, you know, a, a half a decade for the Penguins. Um, you know, you got a little bit to live up to, I think, there. And Ryan Graves hasn't lived up to that. Yeah. I agree with that. So I, I'm interested to see how he bounces back. I'm interested to see what the team does. We talked about it. They got a Florida trip coming up here, uh, Tampa, and then Florida. And then is there one more game before or no? Is that the only uh, two that we'll be talking about? 
It depends. It really depends on what we just decide to record. If we record on Monday, because it's tricky because we normally record on Tuesday or Wednesdays because you don't mm-hmm. have Penguin games on both days. But the following week, hey. we have back-to-back on Tuesday and Wednesday. So yeah, if we record on Monday, then yes, those will be the only games that we're talking about is the Florida trip. Okay. Um, which would be interesting. You know, we mentioned they just played Tampa. They played them pretty well, you know, got out to a slow start, but Jari um, allowed them to do so. And then they played pretty solidly for the next uh, two periods. Um, Florida, have we played? I don't think we have we played them yet this year. Is this our first meeting? I don't think so. Yeah, I think okay. it's the first time. So that'd be interesting. Obviously, you know, represented the Eastern Conference in the Cup last year. Um, solid team. I, what are they What are they doing so far this year, though? Because I know they didn't get off to the best start, but I don't know if they found their footing or what. Let's see. The Florida Panthers are second in the Atlantic Division. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they've they are 14, 8, and 2. Yeah. Somewhere along the line, they must have had a nice little stretch. Oh, yeah, here it is. They won one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. They won eight out of ten. Uh they had a nice November. Yeah. So five, four, and one in their last ten, but they had a ten-game stretch where they went eight, one, and one. So um, that's how they got back in the mix of things. So yeah, Florida, very talented team. Going to be interesting to see how the Steelers can, Steelers, how the Penguins can stack up. Sorry, 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 sorry. Uh, how the Penguins can stack up with the Florida teams over the course of this week. Um, any predictions for the Penguins? Do they, you don't think they score a power play goal? I'm guessing. I don't think they score power. You're not willing goal. to go that bold. Um, no. I will go bold, and I'll say they give up a shorthanded goal. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. That, yeah, I don't know I, if that's bold. Maybe that's not even bold. I don't know. Yeah. Hmm. It's sad. It's not bold. It's just sad. Maybe my bold prediction, since I said their name, is that the Steelers score a power play goal before the Penguins do. The Steelers score power play goal. <laughs> Man, I am so down on this power play. It's insane. Like, how, how did we get to this point with Sidney Crosby, Evgeny Malcolm, Eric Carlson, Chris Tang, Jake Denzel, Brian Rust, Riley Smith, like even guys on the second unit? Like, how? How do you that, not that's, score? That's the crazy that? thing, too. That's the crazy thing. Is like, it's not even just your first unit that's not scoring, it's your second unit, too. It's mm-hmm. it's the entire thing. Normally, we've had in the past where it feels like our second power play unit is is scoring better or scoring at a much like faster rate than our top unit is for some reason. We are not even getting that. Like nothing. They have nothing when it comes to power play. Yeah. Uh, my bold prediction will be over these next two games, uh, Nylander scores his first of the season. Okay. I like and it. You're saying they're giving up a shorty <laughs> in one of these two games. <laughs> they're gonna give up a shorty. Oh, brother! Yeah. I could say Boulder and say they're gonna give one in both, but I don't <laughs> think that'll happen. <laughs> if that if that were to happen, and they didn't score one, and I assume that they'd probably be at five on four, they would have as many five on four goals for as against. Have they let up? Have they let up uh, a shorthanded goal in this like thirty? power play stretch or a 29 power play stretch oh yeah yeah they have yeah i'm i'm certain they have so the other team has scored more than your power play has over this O for stretch yeah 
Definitely. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm willing to put money on that, that they have. I don't. <laughs> I can tell you that's exactly. That's so bad. That is so bad. What, you're going to look for it right now? I mean, it, I would like to, but at the same time, I don't know how long this is going to take, so probably shouldn't. Yeah. Um, is there anything else? No, that's it. It's just a sad, sad hockey team. And I feel bad for our goalies who are actually playing well. And the team in front of them doesn't always play well. They don't always score. I mean, yeah, because we mentioned Jari, like Nadalkovich has played awesome too. Like, yeah, I just said goalies. Like every, yeah, everybody's played well. And as far as in net, but it's everything in front of them. That is just the disappointing part. And we're riding mm-hmm. into another season. Actually, this will be a new feeling. We're riding into a ceiling where season where if we actually end up making playoffs, th- th- it might turn into the team in front of the goalie is actually the reason that we get knocked out in the first round, not necessarily the goalie. Yeah, yeah, interesting turn of events this season. They gave up a shorthanded goal November sixteenth against the Devils in a five-two loss. I don't think they've scored a power play goal since then, but I found that as a shorthanded goal. So for sure, then. Well, there you go. Yep. Um, Tyler mentioned <laughs> at the beginning, but this is your last chance to get involved with Rock Around the 412. The link is in the description of the show. Whether, whether you're watching it here, whether you're listening somewhere else, wherever that might be, you can find the link to the GoFundMe, read the full mission there. But uh, this is year six of doing it. We've raised over $30,000 since we started this mission, providing Christmas to as many kids in the 724-412 areas as we can. Uh, also, last year, we partnered up with the East Rochester PA Salvation Army to adopt kids off their Salvation Army angel tree. Uh, in the name of our late friend Dalton Keene, with the help from his girlfriend Kaylee, their daughter Isla, we were able to adopt 26 kids off of that angel tree this year uh, and got every single thing on those lists for those kids, um, as well as a couple families that we were able to help out, a single mother of three little girls, a single mother of two boys, and also I got a family on standby, graduated from Central Valley, same high school as me the year before me, five kids, uh, 29 years old, and need some help at Christmas time. We'd love to be able to provide that. Going to be able to do something for sure, but hey, the more you guys donate, the more we're going to be able to do. So keep those donations rolling in. We can accept those up until the 11th of December, so whenever you're watching or listening to this, if it is not December 11th yet, you can still get involved. Share the mission. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Um, we appreciate you guys so much for being a part of this. Tyler and I always talk about it. It's our baby. It's the most important thing we do. Love getting on here and talking about sports, but there are real-world things that mean a lot more than sports at the end of the day. This would be one of those. Um, also, our friend Haley Wagner, the link to her small business is down below. That's the Facebook and the Etsy. Everything custom designs. Everything from t-shirts hoodies this time of year stockings christmas bags you know you can get a santa sack to put all your kids christmas gifts in one big bag under the tree on christmas day whatever you want to do with it um you can get a lot of different things from Haley. just not one of the things on my head no hats sorry apparently takes a different machine to do so she's not had the capability of doing that at this time so she can do a lot of different things again just not hats so uh but holler at her again facebook etsy both down below for Tyler, for Smitty, this has been the Around the 412 Penguin Show. Go check out another video that's popping up on your screen right now, and we will talk to you guys next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>